Hello, and welcome back. Sorry this one's coming late. Thought we had it. Didn't happen. But, here we go. It's being posted on the day it's supposed to. Sorry it's coming late. But, we are in 1 Samuel 29, verse 1, reading through 31, 13. That looks like after we get done with that, we will be done with 1 Samuel. The Philistines reject David. The entire Philistine army now mobilized at Amok, and the Israelites camped at the spring in Jezreel. As the Philistines' ruler, rulers were leading out their troops in groups of hundreds and thousands, David and his men marched out to the rear with King Achish. But the Philistines' commanders demanded, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish told them, This is David, the servant of King Saul of Israel. He's been with me for years, and I have never found a single fault in him for the day he arrived until today. But the Philistine commander, commanders were angry. Send him back to the town you've given him, they demanded. He can't go into the battle with us. What if he turns against us in the battle and becomes our adversary? Is there any better way for him to reconcile himself with his master than by handing over heads over to him? Isn't this the same David about whom the women of Israel sing in their dances? Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. So Achish finally summoned David and said to him, I swear by the Lord that you have been a trustworthy ally. I think you should go with me into battle, but I've never found a single flaw in you from the day you arrived until today. But the other Philistine rulers won't hear of it. Please don't upset them, but go back quietly. What have I done to deserve this treatment? David demanded. What have you ever found in your servant that I go and fight the enemies of my lord the king? But Achish insisted, As far as I am concerned, you're as perfect as an angel of God. But the Philistine commanders are afraid to have you with them in battle. Now get up early in the morning and leave with your men as soon as it gets light. So David and his men headed back into the land of the Philistines, where the Philistine army went on to Jezreel. David destroys the Amalekites. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Aklamites had made a raid into the Neveg and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Amna from Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to all the Ambereth the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought 
Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to a brook, Bessor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued pursuing with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he hadn't had anything to eat and drink in three days and nights before long his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked him. I'm an Egyptian. The slave of an uncle-like, he replied. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Catherines in Neveg, the territory of Judah and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned Ziklag. Will you lead me to this band of raiders, David asked. This young man replied, If you take on an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Alkalites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of their vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines in the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire day until, every th- until evening. None of the Alkalites escaped except for 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Alkalites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor nor sorry, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. Then David returned to the brook, Besser, and met up with the 200 men who had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men, and David greeted them joyfully. But some evil troublemakers among David's men said, They didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder we recovered. Give them their wives and children and tell them to be gone. But David said, No, my brothers. Don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guarded the equipment. From then on, David made this decree and regulation for Israel, and it is still followed today. When he arrived at Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder to the elders of Judah who were his friends here is a present for you taken from the Lord's enemies he said the gifts were sent to the people of the following towns David had visited Bethel Rothmanbeg Jatir Aurora Sifmoth Estimol Rockle, the towns of Jeremoth, the towns of the Kenites, Homra, 
or Ashen, Achitz, Hebron, and all the other places David and his men had visited. The death of Saul. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered, and the slopes of Mount Gilbo, the Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed there three of his sons, Jonathan, Abner, and Maclashore. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistines' anchor, archers caught up with him and wounded him severely. Saul groaned to his armor, Bear, take your sword and kill me before the pagan Philistines come to run me through and taunt and torture me. But his armor bear was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor bear realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died beside the king. So Saul and his three sons, his armor bear and his troops all died together the same day. When the Israelites on the other side of Jezreel Valley and beyond the Jordan saw that the, the that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and accompanied their towns. The next day when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found their bodies of Saul and his three sons on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off Saul's head and stripped off his armor. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death in the pagan temple and to the people throughout the land of the Philistine. They placed his armor in the temple of Ashrod, and they fastened his body to the wall of the city of Bethshem. But when the people of Jephshagilad heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors traveled through the night to Bethshem and took his body took the bodies of Saul and his sons down from the wall. They bought them, brought them to Jeshebsh, where they burned their bodies. Then they took their bones and buried them beneath the tamarisk tree at Jeshebsh, and they fastened, they fasted for seven days. So now we will turn in our Bibles to John. Chapter 11, verse 55, and we'll read through 12, 19. It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration, and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days earlier so they could go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, What do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so they could arrest him. Jesus anointed at Bethany. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus. The man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a twelve-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from 
essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judah Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, The perfume was worth a year's wage. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to him and also to see Lazarus. The man Jesus had arised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. Jesus' triumphant entry. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hail the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what he, what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about the miraculous signs. Then the Pharisees said to each other, There's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. And now we go to Psalm chapter 118. Psalm 118. And read 1 through 18. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let all Israel repent. His faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendant, the priest, repeat. His faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat. His faithful love endures forever. In my distress I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Though hostile nations surrounded me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like a crackling fire, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. My enemies did their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are snug in the camp of godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. 
The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not let me die. And now we go to Proverbs 15, 24, and 26. The path of the life leads upward for the wise. They leave the grave behind. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but protects the property of the wisdom or the widows. The Lord detests evil plans, but he delights in pure words. Thank you for joining us, and this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.